Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. When it comes to average temperature increases due to climate change, the Bay Area and Los Angeles will not experience warming equal to the amount of greenhouse gases they produce. That's according to a new study out of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. KQED climate reporter Laura Clivens has more. The study points to the incredible inequality of the effects of climate change. Greenhouse gases come from human sources all over the planet and are then mixed in the atmosphere, working like a blanket that insulates Earth. This means the amount of emissions from one location is not commensurate with the warming there. Kyle Van Houten is the lead author on the study. You can think of this a bit like secondhand smoke. Someone who has maybe never even touched a cigarette in their entire life could experience the ill effects And climate change in some ways kind of works like that. Most of the planet is experiencing more climate change than the proportion to its emissions. In the U.S., that's places like Alaska, Montana, Idaho. Locations that will not feel average warming effects equal to their emissions are eastern states like New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo start in a few days, and once again, California is well represented with a number of athletes competing for the U.S. Olympic team. The California Report will be following two of those athletes on their Olympic journey. The first Olympian we're talking to is David Smith, a middle blocker for the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team. David grew up in Saugus in Los Angeles County, and this will be his third time at the Summer Games. We first asked him how he got involved in the sport of volleyball to be honest at first it was just an off-season sport soccer was my love for most of my childhood so you know soccer and uh in the area where i was was a winter sport and so you know i kind of spent the fall training for soccer played winter with my high school team and then kind of the off-season was the spring season and so instead of going to pe or doing something else i just went straight into volleyball and um 
yeah, probably for the first two, three years of my high school career, soccer was still my my number one priority. But then, you know, I, I was growing and I kept growing and I never stopped growing. And it became pretty pretty obvious that I might have a little bit of an advantage if I, you know, focused a little bit more on volleyball. And like I said, you know, I loved all sports growing up. And so it wasn't like a huge decision to, to kind of change sports to volleyball because it just seemed to work well for me. You know, I, I still love soccer. I still played it all the way until I graduated high school. Did you ever think in high school or even in college that you would make it to the world stage in volleyball? I was a late recruit for college. Like I had actually decided I wanted to go to UC Santa Barbara, try to walk on that program. And then I got recruited during that summer between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college. John Spra from UC Irvine came, recruited me. I ended up changing universities. And then, yeah, first year I was, a, I was a red shirt. I was just kind of another guy in the gym. And then things happened. People got injured and, you know, a spot opened up. You know, I was able to fill that spot. And, you know, I kept growing, kept getting opportunities, kept proving myself. And I, I wasn't even an All-American until my senior year. So, like, I was good, but I was never, like, I never saw myself as, like, one of the dominant players. And so just kind of like I kept my head down, kept working. And, you know, I think that hard work paid off over a long period of time. And, you know, slowly I, you know, I was on the starting lineup and then I was getting national recognition. And then it really wasn't until my senior year when John Sparrow, my coach, AGC Irvine, he's the head coach with the national team now. But he even mentioned like, hey, like, you know, you could continue playing volleyball professionally overseas. What was it like training during the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty around the world? We weren't able to get back together last summer at all due to the coronavirus and you know where, where guys were at. But then we started to figure things out a little bit in the fall. Everybody went back over to the proceeds. Um, we all kind of had to stay safe, go through the, the challenges of playing through a coronavirus pandemic. And then, yeah, I mean, we've all had our sights on Tokyo ever since. And I imagine this was all very different from your other experiences before the Olympics. I've been playing professionally for 13, 14 years now, and like I've never had, never had a season like this before, you know? So just like a lot of learning, a lot of uncertainty, but at the same time, just a lot of, you know, trusting yourself to get through that moment. And I think the last few weeks, especially, you know, that we've been together as a team, it, you can see the clarity again, you know, like it, it's here, you know, like the moment is here and we're, we're ready to embrace it. We're ready to attack it. And we're ready to take advantage of it. You know, I think, there's almost a new sense of value to it because it was almost taken away. Did you ever have any second thoughts about traveling to Japan, given the state of emergency there and rules that have been put in place? I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, we just had a tournament in Italy last month. So like I said, most of the guys have been playing in Europe. So we've kind of been on the move, obviously, with new variants and stuff popping up. It's, it's not 100% under control, but uh, I think Japan and IOC are doing a fantastic job of doing their best to mitigate, you know, any spread or any outbreak. I think, you know, athletes understand the importance of our responsibility to contributing to that bubble. 
That was Southern California native David Smith, a member of the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team, speaking with the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi. We'll hear more from David about his experiences in Tokyo throughout the games. The first game for the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team is on July 24th. They're playing France. We'll also be tracking the progress of a member of the U.S. shooting team from Tuolumne County. She's participating in the Olympics for the first time this year. And that is the California Report for Friday, July 16th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McBurn and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editors, Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief contents officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day and weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!